I have all of the clips our dedicated producers have been sending in over the last couple of weeks. And I also have rats. Okay, people, let's begin. Liftoff! We have liftoff! Get up, everybody! Are you ready to be baited with the truth? Good, because you're listening to the Truth Bait Podcast. I'm documentary filmmaker and podcaster, Andrew Marcus. Join me as we deconstruct America's propaganda war and reconstruct America's cultural narrative in our image. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, let's get to the truth. Hello, everybody. This is very exciting. It has been a little while since we have recorded an episode of the Truth Bait podcast. And the reason for that, let's see, I'm going to actually, I'm going to look up what was the, what's the last date that we posted? August 30th. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's been a little while. Um, Yeah. You know what? I, uh, it took me about a week. As I said, I'm not going to produce this show twice a week just because, you know, Jeremy and I decided that truth bait is twice a week. Truth bait worked twice a week when it was Jeremy and I doing this together. When I'm solo, I do not think that uh, it's necessary to produce Truth Bait twice a week. I-, I was doing it twice a week because I loved doing it with Jeremy, and I was uh, exploring and learning something new every time. Uh, and when I'm by myself, I just am not, uh, and I've said this before, I just don't, uh, I'm not as inspired by it alone. And so I've decided that I'm not going to record an episode unless I am inspired by content and have something that I'm compelled to bring you. Now, that said, uh, I have encountered content that I am compelled to bring you. Uh, in part, stuff that I've collected in, uh, in part things. Uh, well, here, let me interrupt myself and just say, please share the show. Share the show. The show goes on, and it goes on in part because you share the show. And speaking of sharing, uh, what I have today is, uh, and part of what I thought was so compelling, were is the content that you, our citizen producers, have been sending in over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I. I, uh, you know, it was about a week and a half ago. I realized, okay, I've got, I've, I've got content. I, I, I think I could put a show together, and uh, uh, I had actually one of our producers who has never been on air for us. Uh, I was going to do a test to see whether or not, you know, maybe he might be. Uh, a good person to sit in on occasion, certainly not a replacement for Jeremy. There is no replacement for Jeremy, but I thought maybe somebody who could, uh, you know, add a little something to the mix. Uh, but as of yet, uh, we have been unsuccessful in uh, putting that together in a way that 
uh, will contribute to the to the podcast uh, uh, effectively. So uh, uh, that was part of why I had I haven't gotten this recording together uh, sooner than this moment, and also because for the last week or so, Jeremy's been threatening to join me for an episode, and so I keep pushing off the date of recording uh, in the hopes that he can join because uh, I would rather record. Uh, a few days later than planned with Jeremy than the date that I have the episode ready uh, without Jeremy. But alas, time is moving. Uh, It stands still for nobody. And uh, Jeremy is uh, unable to join us. He's just informed me that this week is looking uh, very difficult for him to be able to join uh, as much as he wants to. He, He definitely wants to. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, life events uh, beckon him elsewhere. Uh, but I, our dedicated producers continue to send in clips. Uh, I I want to uh, get into some of these because they're really good. Um, you know, the first one I'm going to take you to is from comes to us from uh, Janice in Arizona. And it's part of a Maui update. Actually, I'm not going to start with her clip. I'm going to start with... No, actually, yeah, let's start with her clip. This is uh, from Janice in Arizona, and it is a clip uh, from ABC News uh, of President Biden accidentally having a Freudian slip and letting the truth come out. I was on the island last week. I appointed Bob Fenn one of the nation's leading emergency managers, and I mean that, that's not hyperbole, who's been on the ground in Hawaii since before the fires erupted. Wait, what? (laughs) Wait a second. He's been on the ground. Listen to that again. Who's been on the ground in Hawaii since before the fires erupted. Ah, that's very interesting. I'm just going to play this whole thing again. What? I was on the island last week. I appointed Bob Fenn. One of the nation's leading emergency managers, and I mean that, that's not hyperbole, who's been on the ground in Hawaii since before the fires erupted as our chief federal response coordinator to lead our long-term recovery on Maui. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. It could just be his increasing senility or... Like I said, a Freudian slip. I don't know. There it is. Interpret it as you will. I have uh, also Ed Dowd, who is... Let me read you his... uh, This is his author profile on Amazon. About the author, Ed Dowd. Edward Dowd is currently a founding partner in Finance Technologies, and that's spelled P-H-I-N. So Finance Technologies, a global macro alternative investment firm. He is also author of the new book, Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. Edward has worked on Wall Street most of his career, spanning both credit markets and equity markets. Some of the firms he worked for include HSBC uh, and uh, Donaldson Lufkin and Generate. Uh, most notably, he worked at BlackRock. He worked at BlackRock. 
as a portfolio manager, where he managed a $14 billion growth equity portfolio for 10 years. After BlackRock, he founded Ocean Square Asset Management with two former BlackRock colleagues. So that's Ed, but I guess he's living on Hawaii, on, on, uh, on Maui in Hawaii. And he was on the RFK Jr. podcast, and here is what he had to say. Several years ago, the sugarcane company sold the land to a Canadian private equity firm, and uh, the land, a lot of the land was left fallow, and uh, a lot of the sugarcane uh, died and was dry tinder. And there was a fire here on Maui about three, four years ago that burned the valley, and it was arson that started it. Uh, I know that for a fact because my friend saw the car that was on fire in the middle of the sugarcane fields, called the fire department, and they eventually showed up, but the, the fire was off and running. It, it, it was so bad that it blackened out the sun. It looked like we were on Mars. The sun was uh, red, and that was a big fire that uh, shut down the highway between Kihei and Kaalui. And then there's been fires ever since. And Mayor Victor, the former Mayor Victorino is on record saying that we have arsonists, we will find them. So there's been an arson problem and a dry tinder problem across the island uh, for, for many years. I thought I was told that it was global warming. Isn't it? Glo- I thought it was global warming. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, here he goes on. So unfortunately, there was a bi- there's a bypass road above uh, Front Street, which is the the old the old road into Lahaina that was built uh, about five six years ago that was shut down earlier in the morning due to a fire up there, and so they did not reopen the bypass. So when people tried to evacuate, they were all jammed onto the old Lahaina Front Street road, which is a one lane road, not even a highway, and that was that was part of the problem as well. Also, there are indications that. The uh, fire hydrants didn't work. There was no water pressure, so there was no there was no uh, attempt to put out anything because there was no water. Uh, I thought that uh, just the one thing that he said was interesting. Uh, we had heard reports early on that the police had blocked a road out of town, and you know immediately the speculation is, well, they trapped the people in there to to kill them. <laughs> okay, well. This, I think, is the uh, first report I've heard come out that sort of really explains what was closed and why uh, with a little bit more clarity, as I think is uh, bound to to be the case. You know, this is what happens in any major event. You you need a month or so before any before real information begins to be clear. Uh, so I think that that's. Uh, and again, it shows there were, and we've talked about this here, there was more than one fire going on on the island uh, because it's extremely common that they have fires. Now, uh, why the electric utilities were not shut off and why the water was shut off, that I, that I don't know. I'm not saying that there isn't trickery afoot. I'm just saying that not everything is trickery. Uh, so thank you, Janice in Arizona. I appreciated that first clip. Uh, the next one comes to us from, uh, big guy, Al in Joliet. And he sends me a follow up. I don't know if you remember previous episodes we've talked about, 
electric vehicles. The CEO of Ford went on a road trip in an electric vehicle on the West Coast. Not even a huge road trip, but enough that he discovered how impractical uh, a long road trip is in an electric vehicle. Uh, So Al sent in this update on electric vehicles, and it has to do with electric trucks and the amount of electricity that would be needed to electrify and and to, to charge the fleet if it was electrified. Just so we're clear on the scale of the issue, each electric vehicle battery for a heavy-duty truck weighs 8,000 pounds. And, I'm sorry, this was from a Senate hearing, by the way. And you need at least two of them. So we're talking the weight of, you know, four or five cars. And our, my friends and peers in the industry nationwide who have tried to make efforts to put in, say, hey, I'm going to convert a dozen forklifts to electric, or I want to tee up a facility for 30 electric trucks. There is no power. The utilities come back, the cities come back and say, is this some kind of joke? One friend tried to put in, in Illinois a, uh, a facility, tee it up for 30 trucks electrification. The city came back and said, this is some kind of joke. You're asking for more draw than the entire city requires. 30 trucks is more draw than the entire city requires. <laughs> it, it, it's almost like we're all being conned. And just to give you an idea, 30, 50 trucks, that's like a five, six megawatt application. The factory that makes the trucks is a two megawatt factory. Yeah, this is not going to happen. It's not practical. What is going on? This is where I need Jeremy here. (laughs) So we could discuss what is going on. I don't know. I don't know why they're conning us like this. But these numbers don't add up. They just do not add up. I wonder if Tesla was using the truck just merely as promotional. This is what's coming, making it all seem inevitable. I don't know. Uh, So thank you, Al, for that update. I have another one. This one's this one comes from a this is a first time contribution from this producer who's going by Ryan. Uh, he doesn't want to go by. He doesn't want to give his last name. I don't blame him. Uh, he sent a story about the FBI doing uh, performing mass collection of DNA, and uh, he sent a he sent a link to a text story. And as is always the case, I try to go find any sort of audio or video that goes with the story uh, because I think that's better than me just reading the link. So that's what I've done. And Ryan, thank you. Uh, I found this clip from Breaking Points. uh, That's on YouTube, Breaking Points, with Crystal and Sagar. Reporter Ken Klippenstein has been staying on this and has actually uncovered some really crazy data. Let's go ahead and put this up there on the screen. The FBI is hoovering up DNA at a pace that rivals China and currently hones 21 million samples and counting. Originally, 
just if you were a violent or a sexual offender, they were going to take a DNA sample for yeah. you for reference in the future. That eventually was then lay, lowered down to like the misdemeanor level of crime. It eventually got to the point where if you are now even a person of interest in a crime, even if you've never been convicted in a crime, that you can have your DNA legally obtained. Yeah. And is now expanding to the point where even in airports and in ports of entry, they are hoovering up DNA samples. And basically through a quasi-legal loophole are expanding this with no recourse course, no like no due process about the invasion, you know, invasive uh, privacy nature of any of this that rapidly expands that they can just do it when do with this data for whatever purposes that they want. Our own intelligence agencies raised a lot of justified questions and concerns about the rate at which China was hoovering up all of and tracking all of this DNA information from their own citizens. And it turns out we're doing the exact same thing at the exact same pace and rate and size and scope and scale. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, just another example of where we are. We've become exactly like China uh, or eerily close. The, the best thing about this is then China just has to hack the FBI database and then they'll have all of our DNA. They don't really need it. Don't, didn't they buy Ancestry.com or one of them? Didn't, uh, I think I remember something about that. Um, yeah, the right to your DNA, the right to your privacy, it's over. They don't see you as a individual human being deserving of rights. They see you as a subject of the system. And the system demands absolute and total control much like what Oliver Anthony was singing about uh when he sang about rich men north of rich men here uh, uh here listen I have I have it well, I've been selling my soul working all day overtime hours for both pay so I can sit out here and waste my life away drag back home and drown my troubles away it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me people like you wish i could just wake up and it not be true but it is oh it is living in the new world with an old soul these rich men north for rich men lord knows it all just wanna have total control wanna know what you think wanna know what you do and they don't think you know but i know that you do cause your dollar ain't and it's taxed to no end cause the rich men don't the rich men i wish politicians Look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the whole beast milking welfare. Well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground, cause all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, 
by now everyone listening to this show has heard that song more than once well, you know what what is interesting though i i found on youtube and i've seen these before and you may have heard of these where uh and, and i have to say i find this much more prevalent in the black community for some reason they just have uh i guess discovered and successfully exploited this uh, genre of video uh, where it's it's reaction videos uh, it, where they will they will watch a video live for the first time and you're seeing their reaction to to what they're watching and uh, I just happened to come across a bunch of reaction videos uh, of members of the black community watching this video and uh and i've seen i know that there are a number of compilations out there I, I, this is not from any of those compilations if there's any overlap I, i'll be surprised this was uh or it's certainly accidental uh, uh but I, I went through and i just i created my own uh, mashup of these reaction videos and it just it, it struck me because I know that one of the first things that the establishment did in reaction to this song and to Oliver Anthony was to attack it and him as racist. And uh, because it was especially because of the lyrics about uh, uh, overweight people on uh, on food stamps. And uh, if you're you know 300 pounds, uh you know, our taxes shouldn't pay for your f bag of fudge rounds. So, uh, which by the way, to, uh, to claim that that's racist is itself racist. There's plenty of obese white people on food stamps <laughs> eating fudge rounds, I'm sure. Uh, to, to assert that somehow that's only black is so racist, but okay, whatever. Uh, so here, I just want to play my compilation of these uh, black YouTubers reacting to Oliver Anthony. Um, it's number one on trending, but I googled the song. I heard some bad things about it. They were saying this is the right wing anthem, the neo Nazi anthem, and all this other crazy stuff. So I definitely want to get it checked out. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to. This is dope. I've been selling my soul. I think we all know how that feels to just work all day. Your dollar hate mm. and it's taxed 
I wonder why people say this is the right wing anthem. I think people on both sides can can understand this. Like your dollar ain't and it's taxed to no end. Calls a rich man. Calls a rich man. Bruh, he's cooking. He is cooking, rich man. North of Richmond, talking about the elites, the puppeteers out this whole. Ah. I don't know why I'm laughing because it's, it's sad as hell, but it's just it's dope as hell seeing him put it together musically like this, bro. That's that's hard, bro. And it's going to reach. It's going to reach, man. That's why it's popping the way it is, huh? Because people can resonate with this message, though. God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge drowns, young man. Hey, hey. Yeah, bro. He all wasn't going to get up. I almost pulled a no life. I almost pulled a no life, dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what the world's gotten to Sing man I like his I like his voice Already I love his voice These rich men Living in a new world With an old soul Well I hear you man I hear you Yes he is speaking truth so far Yes rich man, rich man. Wow Wow I could tell he wrote, he got mad and just said, I'm about to write this for a lot of people. I mean, this is so relatable in so many ways. Okay, I love this. I love this. Yeah, yeah, I like this right here. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground. Because all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Oof. This man is singing from pain. I know. I feel what you're saying here. I feel what you're saying, bro. Living in the new world with an old soul. Living in a new world with an old soul. <sighs> boy, hey, boy, you talking to me, boy. Oliver, you talking to me. Real talk. The street ain't Ooh. got nothing to eat. Ooh. And the whole beast milking welfare. Whoa. That I'm stopping there for a second, and I'm going to post this video to the Twitter feed uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is, uh, this was an amazing moment. This guy is listening to this for the first time, and he gets to the second to the second. Uh, the second time the bridge is played and or that the chorus is played and uh, he he is already singing the song with him people like you that's amazing we got a few artists in hip-hop that that speak like this on every song that they make but you rarely see a whole different genre somebody going crazy Talking about what's really going on out here. Oh, I love everything about this right here, man. I ain't always got to be, uh, uh, boom, boom, boom. I ain't always got to be listening to that, bro. I, I prefer this instead, nigga. Something I can relate to. Wow. Wish politicians look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in. 
What? I wish politicians would look out for miners and not just miners on an island oh somewhere. That boy just said a bar. That man just said a bar. Lord have mercy. That man just said a bar. This ain't nothing but a song of a man explaining his feelings about how tired he is of not even how tired he is, but how tired all of us are of what's really going on in this country. But it is good to know that the people who felt alone during all this uh, inflation knows that they're not alone because it's men like him that make songs like this to let people know that you're not alone, that he's going through the same things that we're all going through. Not even that, it's not even just him. It's not to say that he's super big and famous and he's super rich, but the fact to know, the fact is that we all going through the same bull crap. Race don't matter. Yo, 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 the Democrat Party, Republican Party, none of that matters right now. We all facing some type of hell on a different level. I don't care um, how many points somebody scored in the football game, how many points somebody scored in a basketball game. None of that stuff really matters at this point when you know all this type of stuff is going on. I, this is so relatable in the sense that, like, he's looking at the fact that he has to adapt to a system that he's not even designed for. Because mm -hmm. he told you, I'm an old soul trying mm -hmm. to adjust to this new world. Yeah. And it just don't feel right. Not that he can't fit in, but yeah. it don't feel right. He knows something's wrong. He said, I know a lot of us can relate to that. Man. I know I can. Come on, man. For Wait, sure. Come on, man. Selling my soul for, for some pay. Mm, 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 mm. Man, man, man. This, was, this is going to be the first time I ever did this on this channel, y'all, is replay this song again. I mean, he said so much stuff that made sense. I'm literally finna play this again, y'all. I got to hear this again. You know, he hit a lot of key points on this one right here, man. I mean, you just start shivering. I mean, you just start shivering, start getting goosebumps when he started singing. And especially when he hit them high notes, he hit them at a great, great pace. And I'm like, wow. You know, like I said, I've never heard this guy, Oliver Anthony. Man, and I see why this, this song has went viral. I, I can imagine with them, uh, I bet you the mainstream media ain't gonna like this, is it? <laughs> you know you know what they gonna do? They gonna try to, they'll try to find a way to try to counsel everything that happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they'll try to find a way out of this, but you know. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, Oliver Anthony, you know, I am just cynical enough that I, I can't help but have the nagging feeling that this guy is... <laughs> An op. <laughs> hey, look, let me let me put it this way. You know, I, I've said this before. I think that there's more than one deep state. I think that what we are involved in is a civil war among deep states. I think one of the deep states is represented by civilian intelligence agencies and law enforcement, uh, as in the FBI, CIA, NSA, and then I think that the uh, the other deep state is the military. Uh, in, uh, intelligence complex, and uh, that's represented by uh, Donald Trump and others. And I, uh, I just can't help but feel like the military-industrial complex, or the military—not industrial complex—the military intelligence complex and AI have come together to produce the perfect song in the perfect package <laughs> because. 
It is so perfect, and the effect is unbelievable. This is you're listening to these are people. One of these guys is like a dedicated rap listener, and he 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 identifies with this song because of how it relates to what identifies for him in rap music. That's amazing. This this definitely, uh, it, organic or not, it definitely is scaring major elements of the mainstream, as it should. Uh, you know what? Oh, and uh, he was just in the news today because he canceled. He had a show that. Uh, he, I, I guess the guy is inundated with requests. People want to book him. And so he delegated, he says he delegated the, uh, the position of booking to a buddy of his. And that buddy booked him into a venue that charged $90 a seat. That was for regular seats and there was more for VIP section or, or a meet and greet. And... Uh, Oliver Anthony posted a video. I, I don't have the video uh, now, but he posted this video that he was really upset and uh, was canceling the the gig because he's not about the money, which again makes me feel like, uh, I don't know. It seems almost too altruistic. The guy is either some kind of saint or he is an op. But I can tell you, we care about the money. Money. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. When I fly solo, these episodes are shorter, and 33 minutes into the show, we are already at the ask. And this is where I get to tell you how it is we take care of business here at the Truth Bait Podcast. You may have noticed there are no advertisements. We take no corporate advertisements. Everything that this show does, everything that it is, is because of and supported by you, the citizen producers, the active listeners of this podcast. How do... The, how does this work? It's called the value for value model developed by the brilliant uh, uh, folks over at the No Agenda podcast, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. You should listen to them when you're done listening to this. And the way that it works is if you feel that you're receiving value from this podcast, and if you're listening uh, thus far, 34 minutes in, then you must be getting some value from this podcast. And we ask then that you return value to the podcast. And today's show is an excellent example of value having been returned to the podcast uh, with uh, Janice in Arizona sending in the, the, the Maui clip and Al in Joliet sending in the electric vehicle update and Ryan with the DNA database. Uh, and that's not all. I've got another story coming up, coming up in the next section uh, that comes from Big DNAZ. So sending in content that is a huge return of value to the show, and I always appreciate it. And even as the show uh, is uh, not coming in as regularly as it once used to, uh, the things that you're sending in are maybe even more important now because 
like I said, I'm not going to keep doing the show twice a week just to fill some sort of schedule. I don't think that's fair to you. It, you spend your time, your valuable time listening to this podcast. I'm not going to waste your time just filling a schedule. I'm going to I'm going to ask you to devote your time when I think that there is content that is worth it and that is worth your time. Uh, your time is valuable to me, and I hope that this podcast is valuable to you. And the other way that you can show value to the podcast, if you feel that it is, is by sharing the show. Share the show, uh, and I'll tell you what. Like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna post the uh, the montage that I just played you of. Uh, people in the black community reacting to Oliver Anthony's Rich Men North of Richmond. Uh, I want you to see, you know, it's really sort of funny. One thing that I noticed in these videos and a lot of them, I don't know why black people seem to, and maybe white people do it too. I just haven't, I didn't seem to come across these, but when they really like something, and in a lot of these videos, they make this face like, 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 uh, like something incredibly smelly has just been put right under their nose. <laughs> they make a face where it's like something really stinks in the room. Like, ooh, that smells so bad. <sighs> but actually, they're in absolute stunned joy. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, maybe it's a cultural difference. I don't know. I'm going to post it. Not just because of that, but because I took the time to make the montage, and I think it might be something that is easily shareable. So if you like that montage, if you want to return value to the show, if you have your own social media, this clip is going to be available. It'll be on YouTube and on the Twitter feed, uh, and uh, so I invite you to please go ahead and share that. That is like a little advertisement for the show, and uh, that would be absolutely fabulous. Uh, moving on, uh, I saw this story. I think this may have been the story where I was like, <laughs> I've got to put an episode together just to put just to get this story out. How are things going in New York City? Fabulous. Things are fabulous in New York City. Here's a news report to let you know how fabulous things are going in New York City. Tourists in New York are signing up to take part in late night rat tours. That's late night rat tours. It's all part of the big city, big apple experience. Uh, there are several routes that you can choose from. One near Rockefeller Center, another in Flushing, Queens, and a third in Sunnyside, Queens. A guy named Kenny Bulwark runs the tours. Uh, he's known for live streaming some of the city's most rat-infested areas on his old TikTok. Uh, with as many as 10,000 people tuning in at a time. Mm. One man actually booked a trip from St. Louis to New York after becoming a fan of Rat Talk videos. Mm. And uh, he wanted to see the rats right up close. There you go. Isn't that fun? Yeah, that isn't is. that fun? That was from WGN, uh, who who plays it like a lighthearted segment. <laughs> Not even bothering to drill down on, gee, how terrific is that? Any health problems? Everybody's about to mask up again uh, to protect themselves from a nearly benign virus that they cannot protect themselves using a mask. But, <laughs> oh, the rats, let's take tours. Isn't that funny? Cue the Frank Sinatra. Uh, but it is getting attention overseas. This comes from WION on uh, YouTube from India. You must have heard of America's gun problem. Also, it's drug problem. 
But have you heard of America's rat problem? Now, there was a time when people visited New York to see the Statue of Liberty, to visit the Times Square, but now tourists are flocking to the Big Apple to see rats. You heard that right. The hordes of rats that infest the streets of New York City are now a tourist attraction and tour guides are making the most of it. Meet Luke Miller. He is the owner of Real New York Tours and he takes tourists to Columbus Park near Chinatown. Visitors cheer on rats as they squeak and squeal. It seems like rats have become a mascot for New York. Can you imagine this? These are the things that happen in the Wild West. Do you think this would have happened had it been happening in an Asian country or anywhere else except the West for that matter? Only the West can earn dollars for something so bizarre. Had it been an Asian nation, it would have been shamed perhaps preached over health and hygiene issues but since it's the west it gets a pass well you gotta love it when you're being lectured to about rats from india <laughs> from india uh yeah but you know you do have to admire the west <laughs> where people are taking a bad situation and making a buck off of it why not uh i don't know i think there's a lot of solutions available I think that the way that that you get through to a progressive administration in like the one in New York is you probably if you were to quantify the carbon footprint of the rats because I think that would get through that would make leftists you know care and be upset and so and I, the other thing I could you can you know if you go at it from the carbon footprint angle I think it's a good meat. Right? Can't you feed the uh, you know us peasants meat, rat meat? It's, the carbon footprint from a rat, you know, while you know maybe uh, negative, is still got to be less than a cow. Uh, le- you know, just feed all the new immigrants rats. I don't know. Look, I'm just looking for solutions. It may not be the best solution. I'm just looking for solutions. Uh, thankfully, New York has a rat czar. Can you imagine if you're tight? That's your. That's how you're referred to. You're the rat czar. <laughs> okay. Rat czar is getting a firsthand look at how her policies are doing. Kathleen Karate is taking a tour of neighborhoods near the Queensboro Bridge, considered hotspots for rats. Take a look. During a walkthrough of Queensbridge Park with Councilmember Julie Wan, she saw rat burrows and promised to address the issue. At Queensbridge and Woodside houses, NYCHA has replaced dirt with concrete to reduce burrowing. They also poured gravel where rats like to dig. Oh, yeah. Okay, so maybe not carbon footprint, but that's definitely environmental damage. We're converting... Uh, uh, you know, uh, natural land spaces, dirt over to concrete and gravel. <gasps> we can't have that. That's a, that's habitat for worms and other microbes. They've got. They must go to war against the rat and feed it to the illegal immigrants. Rat burgers. Yeah. That takes us to the last element. This actually, this last piece comes from Big D and AZ. 
And it is uh, it's how to what was the title? How to talk to cops. This is absolutely amazing. I don't know where this is. I know very little about this, except that it is the cops in somewhere in Florida have rolled up on somebody. They want to question him, and this guy is uh, I don't know what the, what are the what's that group like the No Nation? They they. Uh, uh, again, this is where I need Jeremy. He and he's going to be screaming at the podcast uh, into his into his uh, into his earphones. Oh, what is it? Uh, free something? Free? Ah, I don't know the name of it. I'm, I, it'll come to me later. But uh, the, 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 they 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 feel that they're oh the sovereign citizens. Thank you, sovereign citizens. Um. The sovereign citizen, uh, this guy, this guy must be. He's like a. I think he must be a sovereign citizen or somebody who's got sovereign citizens for friends. Listen to this. I don't care what you have to say. You're dismissed. I do need you to provide me information. I'm not going to give you ID. What crime do you suspect me of? There is no crime. Okay, so in Florida, if there is no crime, then I do not have to identify myself. Go yourself. I'm not going to ID. I totally, one hundred thousand percent, refuse. I have not committed a crime. You cannot articulate a crime. You just said it in front of 27 people that I didn't commit a crime. If I have not committed a crime, then I do not need to ID. Bye-bye. I am not going to identify myself. Get it through your head. Under Florida State statute, you do have to identify yourself. I am not going to identify myself for the last time. I refuse to say anything. Well, I'm not going to. I don't have ID on me anyway, so. It is a crime if you refuse to provide your identification that I requested. Okay. Then you'll be held liable under 42 U.S.C. Section 1983. You're going to arrest me right now. Go ahead. Do it. I dare you. I am not going to give you my ID. Why are you getting upset right now? I am not going to give you my ID. You have zero chance of me getting... Of you getting my ID. You're coming at me. You have three deep right now, which is an intimidation against my rights. It is an intimidation against my rights. 42 USC section 1983 for violation of first and 14th article five under the 14th amendment civil rights. You guys want to play games. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I can pro say this. You're going to lose your qualified immunity. I don't want to talk to you. Get the hell away from me. We're here because somebody called. I don't care why you're here. It does not matter. It does not matter. I don't care what you're here for. Well, I'm not going to give you ID. Okay, you're going to listen to me now. No, I'm not going to listen to you right now. I don't give a rat what you have to say. So you can say whatever you want, but you're on. You're fine to be here and do what you're doing. I know I'm fine to be here and do what I'm doing. I'm not going to ID to you, and I don't really care what you have to say. I'm going to talk over you because what you have to say is really unimportant to me. So I'm going to continue to talk over you. What you're saying is a waste of time. I can't even understand you. So just uh, off and get lost. I don't really care what you have to say. Get lost. I don't care what you have to say. Get lost. Wow. Now, I don't uh, recommend or condone people be aggressively uh, curt with police. But this guy manhandled these three cops. <laughs> Apparently, they had no reason to actually be asking him for his identification. And he knew that. And he clearly knew what his rights were. And he shut them down. Which is pretty amazing. And speaking of shutting down, we're going to shut this down. 
But not before I tell you about what's coming up. I have recorded... Let me turn this down a little bit. I don't have to compete with it. Uh, I have recorded an interview, which I'm going to be bringing you in the next few days, with our secret shopper on the Big Ten campus. He's going by the name Big Ten Jeff. So Big Ten Jeff, I've got an interview with Big Ten Jeff that's going to be coming up, I don't know, in the next couple of days. I'm still prepping it. I'm going through and I'm, I'm altering his voice. Uh, and we only had one microphone for the interview, so I, I literally have to go in manually to everything he said and alter just his voice <laughs> so that mine isn't altered with it. Uh, and I'm actually, I'm having trouble deciding whether I should alter his voice lower or alter it higher. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Write me at truth at truthbait.com. Truth at truthbait.com. That's what? Truth at truthbait.com. Let me know. Should I alter it lower or higher? But I have to protect him. He's a freshman on a college campus. We want him to go all four years or six years, whatever, however long it takes. Eyes and ears on the ground. And I've actually, I'm going to start posting some of that. He's already started sending some things in. I'm going to post that to the to the Twitter feed as well. Uh, and other feeds. Truth feed. The truth bait feed on truth. I don't know. That's confusing. Anyway, also, I, I wanted to cover, I was going to cover, you know, really one of the main impeti for today's program was the work that Laura Loomer has been putting out recently about the Nazis in Florida. Uh, some of them real, some of them clearly working for the CIA. Uh, amazing stuff she's done, and I drilled down on a bunch of it. And discovered so much interesting stuff. I started sending it to Jeremy, and Jeremy was like, "We got it. We have to do an episode about this." And I and I told him, well, "Yeah, I've already got a bunch of stuff prepped, but I, uh, I, you know, was basically going to wait for him uh, before going into any of it. It's it's just it's too interesting, too compelling. It gets into the origins." of Antifa in its current iteration, the the way that it formed even before its current iteration here in the United States in the 1990s. Amazing stuff. And if you want a preview, go to the Twitter feed. Go to the hating... I'm sorry, the hating. That's my other one, the hating Breitbart. No, go to loving. Uh, go to the truthbait, at truthbait on Twitter or on X. And uh, you, if you scroll down, you'll see a bunch of the stuff that I've been uh, going through. Uh, I like to just, you can get a good show preview sometimes if you're paying attention to the Twitter feed. I like to take things that I'm going to use on the show and I will throw them up on the Twitter feed uh, just to make sure that I have them somewhere uh, historically. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, you're going to want to tune in for that. Jeremy is going to be joining us probably in the next episode. And uh, uh, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be going in depth and it's an, it, we're going down the rabbit hole with it and it's worth it. It's amazing stuff. And I guarantee you it's going to surprise you. But until then, 
It's back to the sea of clickbait with us all. Thanks for listening, everybody. 